0: section sixty four of heimskringla by snorri Sturluson, translated by george pope morris and this librivox recording is in the public domain the story of sigurd the jerusalem ferrer heistein and olaf part three chapter twenty two through thirty two chapter twenty two here begins the tale of the things sigurd Haranason fell out with ing sigurd, he had had thin fare on behalf of the kings for the sake of his affinity and long friendship and many good deeds which sigurd had done to the kings and he was a man most of mark and most befriended but now it came to pass as often will be that evil men and sick with envy rather than full with goodness bored into king sigurd's ears that sigurd haranason would make his own out of the Finscat more than befitted fair measure and on this matter they harp until king sigurd laid enmity on him and sent for him and when he came to meet the king the king spake i look not for this that thou wouldst so reward me said he for a great fief and honors as to make mine thine and have for thyself a greater share thereof than what is allowed to thee said sigurd it is not true what has been said to thee hereof such a share thereof have i had as thy leave allows the king said this alone will not avail thee the matter will have to be talked over first more stoutly ere it be left and thereat they parted a little after the king by the talking over of his friends took the case to a moat in Bjorgvin and would make sigurd hranason outlaw now when things had come to such a pass and a trouble so mickle then fares he to find king eystein and tells him with what mickle fierceness king sigurd would carry on the case against him and craveth him his overlooking king eystein said it was a troublesome matter to bid him to gainsay his own brother said there was long way between his backing up of the case and going against it and said that they would both be owners he and king sigurd but for the sake of thy need and our affinity i may put in some words so he met king sigurd and prayed him for peace for the man told him the affinity there was between them in that sigurd hranison had to wife skialdvor their father's sister and told him that he would boot what misliked the king though he held not that he was soothly guilty and he bade the king call to mind their long-standing friendship king sigurd said it showed more of rule to punish such matters then said king Eystein, if brother thou wilt follow up the law and punish such a matter after the ordinances of the land then it would be rightest that sigurd shall avail him of his witnesses and this is a matter to doom at a thing not at a mote for the case looks to the land's law not to birch i right. then spake king sigurd maybe the case is due king eystein even as thou sayest and if this be not law then we shall plead the case at a thing thereupon the kings parted each of them thought hereof his own way then king sigurd summoned this case to the earnest thing and is minded to have the case through there king eistein also came thither and sought to the thing and when the case fared forth to doom then went thereto king eystein before the case should fall on sigurd Haranisson. then king sigurd called on the lawmen to lay down their doom but king eystein answered in this way that deem i that there will be here men so wise and well learned in the laws of norway as to know that it behooves not to doom a landed man outlaw at this thing and fritteth now the case according to law so that to all it seemeth soothly then king sigurd said mickle of championship layest thou on this case king eystein and it may be that more toil is before us ere it be gone through than was deemed thereof yet none the less shall we hold on with it and fain would i now that he be begilted in the homeland of his birth then king Eystein spake few will the matters be which shall not be carried through if thou wilt follow them up so many great things as thou hast wrought and here is it to be looked for that but few men will stand against thee and small at this thing they parted so that nothing was done in the case after that king sigurd summons gula thing together and seeks thither himself king eystein also seeks the thing and now many meetings are summoned and held of wise men and the case ransacked before lawmen. Now King Eystein flitteth forth this that all the men who were charged with guilts were in the frostethings thing's law, and the deeds had been done in Halogaland, and he voids the case, and thereat they parted and were much wroth. Then King Eystein fares north to Thrandheim. But king sigurd summons to him all landed men and landed men's house calls and calls out from every folkland much folk of the bonders all from the south country and a mickle host drew to him and he brings the folk north along the land and seeks right away north to halogaland and will so fiercely go through with it as to make sigurd hranison an outlaw north there in his kinland and he summoneth all hologolanders and Nomdale folk to a thing in harafnista king eystein arrayed himself together from cheaping with much folk and seeks to the thing he then took over by handfast from sigurd haranison plaint and defence in the case at this thing both sides flitted forth their case then seeks king eystein of the lawmen where those things were in norway whereat it was lawful for bonders to doom the cases of kings if one king brought a suit against the other i bring forth that case with witnesses that king sigurd has the case against me and not against sigurd Hranison the lawmen say that king's suits must be dealt with at the air thing in Nidois. king eystein said that deemed i that so it would be and thitherward the case must turn and said the king that even there he would try for a right doom in the case of sigurd Hranason. spake king sigurd so much as thou wilt make matters heavy and unhandy for me so much shall i follow them up stoutly and with things thus standing they part seek now both sides south to cheaping and there was summoned an eight folk's thing king eystein was then in the town and had a right mickle company but king sigurd lay abroad his ships but when the folk should go to the thing then truce was set up folk had come in and the case should be pleaded then stood a Bergthor, thor son of svein bridgefoot and brought forward witness that sigurd ranesson had hidden away some of the finscap then stood a king eystein and said although this charge which thou now bearest forth be true yet i know not however for a truth what sort of witness this is and though it should be that that be full proven yet has this case been brought to naught already at three law things and at a mote for a fourth so now i call upon the men of the law court to doom sigurd sackless of the guilt and so it was done then spake king sigurd see i that king eystein has brought forward law quibbles about which i know nothing now there is that one plaint left unto which i am more wont than king eystein and that one shall now be pleaded and he turns away now and to his ships and let strike the tilts and laid all the host out to the home and held a thing there and told the host that the next morning they shall make for illawal and go ashore and fight with king Eystein. but in the evening whenas king sigurd sat at the meat board on his ship then was he ware of nought ere a man fell down on the deck in the fore-room and took him by the foot and lo there was sigurd Haranesson, and he bade king sigurd to deal with his matter even as he would then bishop magni came forth and queen malmfrid and many other chieftains and prayed for life and limb for sigurd hranison and for their prayer king sigurd took him up and took bail from him and set him amongst his men and had him with him south into the land in the autumn king sigurd gave leave to sigurd hranison to fare north to his home and king sigurd gave him a shrivelty on his own behalf and was his friend ever afterwards after this was never much dealing betwixt the two brethren nor blitheness or any loving-kindness chapter twenty three the death of king olaf king olaf took a sickness which led him to bain and he is buried in Christ church in Nadois, and he was most bemoaned sithens the two kings eystein and sigurd ruled over the land but before these three brethren had been kings together for twelve winters for five winters sithens king sigurd came back to the land for seven winters before king olaf was of seventeen winters when he died and that was on the ninth of the kalends of january chapter twenty four magnus the blind born when as King Eystein had been for one winter east in the land and King Sigurd in the north, King Eystein sat long in the winter tide in Sarpsburg. There was a mighty bonder Hait Olaf dale a wealthy man. He dwelt in Omord in mickledale and had two children. His son was Hait Hakon Falk, and his daughter Borghild, the fairest of women, a wise woman and of lore, olaf and his children were long in the winter-tide at berg and borghild was ever a-talking with the king and folk would be speaking things much apart as to their friendship but in the summer after king eystein went north into the land but king sigurd fared east and the next winter thereafter king sigurd spent east in the land and sat mostly at king's rock and much further that cheaping stead there did he a mickle castle and let dig about a mickle dyke it was made of turf and stone he let house within the castle and do there a church the holy cross he let be at king's rock wherein he did not keep the oaths he had sworn in jerusalem land but he put forward the tithe and most all other matters he had sworn to but whereas he set up the cross east at the land's end he thought that would be ward of all the land yet was that the most unready to set that holy relic so much under the power of heathen men as was proven sithen's borg Hill, the daughter of olaf heard the twitter how that men spake evil about her and king eystein concerning their talk and their friendship so she went to burg and fasted there unto iron and bore iron for this matter and was well cleared but when king sigurd heard this he rode that in one day which was a mickle two days ride and came down upon dale to olaf and was there through the night and he took borghild and dealt with her as a concubine and had her away with him their son was magnus he was soon sent for fostering north into hologoland to vidkun son of john and there he grew up magnus was of all men the fairest and swift of growth and strength chapter twenty five man matching between the kings king heistain and king sigurd were both on a winter a feasting in the uplands and each had there his own stead but as there was but a short way betwixt the steads whereas the kings should take feast then did men that read that they should both be together at the banquets each at the other's stead turn and turn about and for the first time they were both together at a stead owned of king eystein now in the evening when men took to drinking then was the ale not good and men were hushed then spake king eystein though men be hushed it is more of ale want for men to make them glee get we some ale joyance that will yet take root for the pastime of men brother sigurd that will seem to all men most meet that we heave up some gamesome talk king sigurd answered somewhat shortly be thou as talksome as it pleases thee but let me hold my peace for thee then spake king eystein that ale want hath oft been that men should match them with men and so will i let it be here then king sigurd held his peace i see said king eystein that i must begin this joyance and i shall take thee brother for my match and this is my reason thereto that we have both an equal name equal land and i make no difference between our kindred or our breeding then answered king sigurd mindest thou not that i used to throw thee on thy back when i would and thou wert a year older said king eystein i mind me no less that thou never couldst play such game wherein was nimbleness spake king sigurd then mindest thou how it fared in the swimming with us i might have drowned thee if i had willed king eystein answered i swam not shorter than thou nor was i worse a diving swimmer i also knew how to fare on ice-bones so that no one did i know who could champion me therein but thou knewest it no more than a neat king sigurd answered a more lordly sport and a more useful i deem it to ken well the bow i am minded to think that thou canst not draw my bow though thou spurn thy foot therein answered king eystein as bow strong as thou i am not but less sundreth our straight shooting and much better can i on snowshoes than thou and that has been called time agone at least a good sport king sigurd said this mine, the lordlier matter by a great deal that he who shall be over man and over other men be mickle in the flock strong and weapon deft better than other men and easy to see and easy to ken whereas most are together king eystein said that is no less a thing to be known by that a man be fair and such an one is easily kenned in a man throng and that also methinks lordly for fairness fits the best array can i also law much better than thou and on whatsoever we have to talk i am much the more smooth spoken king sigurd said maybe thou hast mastered more law quibbles for i had then other things to do and no one taunts thee of smooth speech but this say a many that thou art not right fast of a word and that little is to mark what thou mayest behight that thou speakest according to them who may be near beside and that is not kingly king eystein said causeth it that when men bear their cases before me that think i of this first so to make an end of each man's case as best may like him but then comes off the other who has the case against the first then often things are drawn in that make matters middling to the liking of both oft it is that i promise what i am bidden for that i will that all should fare fain from the finding of me i see another choice if i would have it as thou dost to promise ill to all for i hear no one taunt thee for not keeping thy promises king sigurd said that has been the talk of men that the journey on which i fared out of the land was somewhat lordly but thou sattest at home meanwhile as a daughter of thy father king eystein answers now thou didst nip the boil i should not have waked this talk if i had known naught how to answer this near to this it seemed to me that i dowered thee from home as my sister ere thou wert bound for the journey king sigurd said thou must have heard it that i had battles right many in circland, which thou must have heard tell of and that i won the victory in all and many kind of precious things the like whereof never before came hither to the land i was thought of most worshipful there whereas i met the noblest men but i think that thou hast not yet cast off the home laggard king eystein said i have heard it that thou hadst sundry battles in the outlands but more profitable for our land was it that i was doing meantime five churches i reared from the ground-sill and i made a haven at Ogdirness, which erst was desert though every man's way lay there when he fared north or south along the land i made withal the tower in senholm sound and the hall in bergen while thou wert brittling blue men for the fiend in circland i deemed that of little gain for our realm king sigurd said i fared in this faring the longest out to jordan and swam over the river but out on the bank there is a copse and there in the copse i tied a knot and spoke thereover words that thou shouldst loose it brother or have else such like spell words as thereon were laid king eystein said naught will i loose that knot which thou didst tie for me but i might have tied thee such a knot as much less wouldst thou have loosed when thou sailedst in one ship amidst of my host whenas thou camest into the land after that both held their peace and were wroth either of them more things there were in the dealings of the brothers from which might be seen how each drew himself forward and his case and how each would be greater than the other yet peace held betwixt them while both lived chapter twenty six of king sigurd's sickness king sigurd was in the uplands at a certain feast and a bath was made for him but when the king was in the bath and the tub was tilted over then thought he that a fish Swam in the bath beside him, and he was smitten with laughter so mickle that there followed wandering of mind, and afterwards this came upon him much often. Ragnahild, the daughter of King Magnus Barefoot, her brother gave to harald Kesia. He was the son of Eric the Good, the Dane king, and their sons were Magnus, Olaf, Canute, and Harold. Chapter Twenty Seven: The Death of King Eystein king eystein let do a mickle ship in the deuce it was made both as to size and fashion after that as the long worm had been which king olaf Tryggvason had let build there was also a dragon's head afore and a crook aft and either done with gold the ship was mickle aboard but stem and stern were deemed to be somewhat less than had borne the best he also let build there in the deuce ship sheds both so big that therein they were peerless and done withal of the best stuff and smithied nobly well king eystein was at a feast at stem at housestead and there he gat a sudden sickness that led him to bane he died on the fourth of the calends of september and his body was flitted north to cheaping and there is he laid in earth in christ-church and that is the tale of men that over no man's body as ever such a many of men in norway stood in sorrow as over king Eystein's since the death of king magnus the son of king olaf the holy king Eystein was king for twenty winters in norway and after the death of king Eystein, sigurd was sole king in the land while he lived chapter twenty eight the small lands christened nicholas the dane king the son of Spine, the son of wolf gat sythens margaret the daughter of ingi whom formerly king magnus barefoot had had and their sons were hight nicholas and magnus the strong king nicholas sent words to king Sigurd the jerusalem pharaoh and bade him give him all help and strength from his realm to fare with king nicholas to the east round swede realm to the small lands for to christen folk there for they who dwelt there held not to christendom though some had taken christening there was at this time in the swede realm much folk heathen and much ill christened whereas there were then certain kings such as cast away christendom and upheld the blood-offerings even as did blot svein or sythens eric the year sealing king sigurd behight the faring and the two kings made tryst in air sound sythens king sigurd bade out all men host from all norway both of folk and ships and when that host came together he had fully three hundreds of ships king nicholas was by far the first at the trysting and abode long there then the danes made ill murmur and said that the northmen would not come Sithence they break up the hosting fared the king away and all the host Sithence came king sigurd there and it liked him ill but they held east to svimmer ois and had there a house thing and king sigurd spoke of the loose wordedness of king nicholas and they were all of one mind that they should do some war-work in his land for that sake then lifted they that thorpe which is hight to thorpe that lies a short way from lund and afterwards held thence east to the cheaping stead hight calmer and harried there and so to the small lands and laid little fine on the small lands fifteen hundreds of neat and the small-land folk took christendom sythens king sigurd turns his host back and came into his realm with many big dear things and much plunder which he had gathered in that journey and this hosting was called kalmer hosting this was one summer before the micklemerk this one only hosting king sigurd rode while he was king chapter twenty nine of thorarin that befell on a time that king sigurd went from a guild house to evensong and men were drunk and much merry. they sat outside the church and sang the evensong and the singing was unhandy and the king said what carl is that who there sits by the church clad but in a fell they said they knew not the king said he makes wild all the wisdom that wields the fell clad carl there then the carl comes forward and says deem i folk here may know us in a fell that somewhat curt is but this thing all uncomely now do i let befit me what should i have save tatters thou king wouldst yet be bounteous if me thou now wouldst honor with a cloak were somewhat fairer the king said come to me to-morrow where i shall be at the drink and so the night wears next morning the icelander whose sithens was called Thorarin curt fell fared to the drinking-chamber but a man stood outside the chamber and had a horn in his hand and spake icelander that spake the king that thou shouldst make a ditty before thou wentest inside if thou wouldst get any friendly gift from him and sing about that man who hideth hakon sirxen and who is called suetnek and tell thereof in the ditty the man who talked to Thorarin was called arni for shoreskew thereupon both walked in and thorarin walked up to the king and sang o fight strong king of thran folk some gift thou me behidest when met we could i do thee some stave upon sirk's kinsman fee bounteous king thou toldest that hakon neck of suet he hight but me behoves it to tell of that full clearly the king spoke that said i never and thou wilt be mocked, and that is read that Hakon shaped thee white hereto, so fare thou into his company. Hakon said, "Welcome shall he be amongst us." And I see whence this cometh. So he seats the Icelander amongst them, and now were they all merry. But as the day wore, and the drink began somewhat to take hold on them, Hakon said, "Deemest thou, Icelander, thou owest me some boot, or didst thou not think?" that they set somewhat of a wily trick on thee he answers certes i deem it that i owe thee boot hakon answers then we shall be at one again if thou work another ditty on arni he said he was ready for that and then they go over to where sat arni and thorarin sang the foul-mouthed skew of four shore songs wide mid folk hath wafted and eagerly hath cast forth the clay of the urn the ancient thou skew of words a wary scarce didst thou feed one crow there in circland there thou baredst, afraid the hood of hogni arni leaped up straightway and drew his sword and would fall on him hakon spake it that he should forbear and said that he might look to it that he should bear the lower lot if they were to deal together then went thuran before the king and told him he had wrought a drapa on him and bade him hearken it and that the king granted him and that is called the drapa of Kurtfell. then the king asked him what he was minded to do himself and he said he had proposed to go south to rome and the king gave him much money and bade him come to see him and when he came back he said he would then do honor to him chapter thirty of king sigurd and otar brightling it is told that on a high tide which sunday to wit king sigurd sat with a great throng of men and many of his friends but whenas he came into his high seat saw men that he sat with a great faintness upon him and a heavy countenance and many men were afraid what way this might go the king looked over the folk glared with his eyes and looked about on the benches then he took the book the deer which he had had into the land all written it was in golden letters and naught more precious had ever come into the land in one book now the queen sat beside him then spake king sigurd much may shift in man's life says he i had two things which methought best when i came into the land this was this book here and the queen and now methinks each is worse than the other and of all things that are mine own these seem to me the very worst the queen knows not how she is for a goat's horn stands out of her head and the better i deemed her aforetime so much the worse i find her now therewith he cast the book forth into the fire that had been made and smote the queen a cheek clout she wept the king's woe more than her own grief stood that man before the king who hight a tar brightling a bonder's son and candle-swain and should be a serving black of hair he was little and nimble dark of hue and courteous withal he ran thereto and takes the book which the king had cast into the fire and held it up and said unlike to these were those days lord when thou sailedst in pride and fairness to norway and all thy friends were fain and ran to meet thee and yea said thee for king with the most of worship for now are come to thee to-day a many of thy friends and may not be merry for the sake of thy woe and lack of strength be now so kind good king and take this wholesome reed. first gladden the queen against whom thou hast done mickle amiss and then all thy friends around then said king sigurd what wilt thou learn me read thou the wretchedest cot Karl's son thou of the littlest kin and therewith he sprang to his feet and drew his sword and made as if he would hew him down he stood straight and flinched not in any way but the king turned the sword flatlings as it came down towards the head, and then first he reared it with both hands, and then slapped it flat on the flank of him. Sithens he held his peace and sat down in the high seat, and then all men withal held their peace. Then the king looked about and milder than erst, and spake Sithens. Late may one prove men what like they be, says the king. Here sat my friends, landed men and marshals table swains and all the best men in the land and none did to me so well as he did little worth as ye may think and beside you he it was who now loved me best even a tar-brightling whereas when i came in here a woodman and would spoil mine own dearling he bettered that to me and on the other hand dreaded not his bane sithence a fair errand he said and in such wise dight his words in that they were to the worship of me but those matters he told not whereby my anger might be eat all that he dropped adown and yet might he soothfully have uttered it yet withal his speech was so frank as none so wise a man was at hand as might have spoken defter sithence i leaped up a witless and made as i would hew him down but so great heart he was as if there were naught to fear and when i saw that i let the deed go by so unmeet as he was thereto now shall ye my friends know wherewith i shall reward him hitherto he has been a candle-page but now he shall be my landed man and that withal will follow it which shall be no lesser a matter that in a while he will be a man most of mark and amongst my landed men go thou into the seat beside the landed men and serve no longer sythens he became one of the most renowned men in norway for many good matters and glorious chapter thirty one king sigurd's dream king sigurd was on a time feasting at some stead of his but in the morning when the king was clad he was few spoken and unmarried and his friends were a lest once more there would be wandering come on him but his steward was a wise man and bold and craved speech of the king and asked if he had heard any tidings so big that they stood in the way of his gladness or whether it were that the feast liked him ill or if there were any other of such matters as men might better king sigurd said that none of those things he had spoken of brought it about but what brings it about says he is that i have in mind the dream which came before me last night lord says he would that that dream were a good one but i would fain hear it the king said methought i was out of doors here in jidar and i looked out on to the main and there i saw mickle darkness and there were goings on therein and when it drew nigh hither it seemed to me that that was one mickle tree and the limbs waded aloft and the roots in the sea when the tree came aland then it brake and drave away and drifted wide about the land both about the mainland and the out isles skerries and strands and then sight was given to me and methought i saw over all norway outward along the sea and i saw that in every creek were driven fragments of this tree and they were most small and but some bigger then answered the steward this dream it is most like that thou wilt thyself deal best therewith and we would fain hear thine a reading then said the king that meseems likest that it will betoken the coming of some man into this land who shall make him fast here and that his offspring will be drifted wide about this land and be very much uneven in greatness chapter thirty two of aslak Kok so it befell on a time that king sigurd sat with many good men and noble and was hard of mood that was friday eve and the steward asked what meat should be dighted the king answered what but flesh but so great an awe there was of him that none dared gainsay him now were all unmarried men got ready for the board and in came the service hot flesh meat and all men were hushed and sorrowed the king's harm but ere the meat was signed a man took up the word hight aslak like cock he had been with king sigurd in his outland fair no man was he of great kin quick he was and little of body and when he saw that no man would answer the king he spake lord said he what reeks on the dish before thee the king answers what wouldst thou it were aslak like cock or what seemeth it to thee he answers that meseems what i would not it were flesh meat to wit." The king said, What though it be as that cock? He answers grievous is such like to wat that so sorely should see amiss that king who so mickle honour has gotten for his journey in the world. Otherwise behidest thou then when thou stepest out of Jordan, steppedst out of Jordan, and hadst bathed in that same water as God himself, and hast a palm in thine hand and a cross on thy breast than to eat flesh meat on a friday and if smaller men did such it would be to them for big punishment and not so well is the court manned as is to be looked for whereas none cometh forth but i a little man to speak out on such a matter the king was hushed and took not then of the meat and as the meat meal wore the king bade take away the flesh meat dish then came in the meat which behooved him well and the king took to be somewhat gladder as the meat meal wore and he drank men spake that aslac should look to himself but he said that naught such he would do i know not what that will avail forsooth to say it is good to die now that i have brought it about to stave the king off from a wickedness but he is free to slay me in the evening the king called him to him and said who egged thee on as that like cock to speak such bare words to me amidst a throng of men lord said he none but i myself the king said now wilt thou want to know what thou shalt have in return for thy boldness or what thou deemest thyself worthy of he answers wilt thou reward it well lord then am i fain if it be otherwise then is it thy matter then said the king thou shalt have less reward therefore than thou art worthy of i shall give thee three manners but that way things went then as might be deemed the unlikelier that thou shouldst save me from a great unhap rather than my landed men, from whom i was worthy of much good so ended this affair end of the story of sigurd the jerusalem Farer, Eystein and olaf part 3 chapter 22 through 32